0: Hello and welcome to another episode of General Nerd Sense the podcast from Shieldwall Productions where we talk about anything and everything new, generally nerdy, hence the name, and on this episode we have myself, John, and Jacob, and dear listeners, we've been on a DD and yes, for quite a bit, and we've talked about how, you know, what makes a good story, what makes good characters, what makes good villains, and we've sort of beat around the bush of pacing, but let's talk about that specifically now, because it's all well and good, you know,
1: imply here and there but pacing is pretty important it can really make or break a dnd scenario or just campaign as a whole
0: yeah because you can have the greatest story you've ever told ever written for a dnd set or just general tabletop session or campaign you've ever come up with but if you don't pace it properly your players are going to lose interest get bored and it just the wheels will start spinning quite a bit
1: It's it really is one of those things that you'll start noticing in every that you already notice in every sort of medium uh, you consume, whether it's, you know, a movie, book, TV, whatever. If it's too slow, you don't want to read or watch. And if it's too fast, you can be kind of left sitting there like, wait, what just happened?
0: Right. Because how many shows, dear listeners, have you been recommended? Like, yeah, this is a great show, but start at like season three is really when it picks up. like, that's not how it should be, because that means the pacing is... I mean, understand, yeah, sure, finding your footing all that, but, like, pacing's also important. Yeah. Because in in tabletop role-playing is a little bit of its own unique setting compared to that. Yes, it's a narrative setting, but it's one where the characters are already established. Yeah. You are crafting the story around them and how they interact with it,
1: so it's very important to do that in a way that keeps things engaging without being overwhelming. I mean, it really is one of those things that, you know to people this day that separates a book like Tolkien from War and Peace or you know something well, great
0: works but very stylistically different in terms of pacing.
1: Exactly. Lord of the Rings is arguably much faster in pacing than something like War and Peace where it We're delves all quiet on, more, on the
0: Western Front. Yeah,
1: where it delves more into the psychological aspects, which right. each of them have their own, you know, ability to tell the story and to paint a picture but one does it a little bit faster that can keep a lot more readers attention than another right and that's what you're looking to do with pacing is you're trying to keep your party you know going through the story at a reasonable rate while still keeping their attention and not going too fast that they're like wow that we just went three months in a single session sort of thing
0: right now, that's not to say that's not something you can do. It's just a matter of how you go about it. Yeah. Because if we want to, we'll take, we'll keep on the tone of literary works as just as a reference of example, because that's kind of the closest we're going to get in terms of tabletop equivalent. Mm-hmm. Because it is a story that you're writing along. Yes, the players are participating, but ultimately they're telling a story, right? And it's a fiction story. So we'll take, um, we'll go back a bit. Some of our older listeners might remember this a bit better, but let's all take a moment. Remember the Da Vinci Code dense book in terms of page count yeah but the thing that people kept ranting and raving about it is that those pages just flew on by but time was going by but they were also jumping through kind of vast spaces of time in it as well because
1: pacing yeah um there there's this great dm rule um it's from the book the art of ruling um that the, the person who wrote it said, when in doubt, look for the next meaningful choice. Right. So, there's a lot of fat you can kind of trim down on an RPG. And a lot of it comes down to, is this a meaningful choice? Right. You know, if someone is, say, you know, walking back to the tavern after an engagement, you ask, you know, the DM could sit there and ask him, you... Okay, what, what way do you turn? Left or right? Mm. Left. Alrighty, you walk down a block. Left or right? Right. You walk down a block. Left or right? And you could do that through the entire story until they get back to the tavern. Or, you know, the player could just be like, I walk back to the tavern. If the DM has anything planned, like maybe an ambush or something like that, they could go through it. If not, they get back to the tavern. Right. Cutscene sort of thing.
0: Right. L- literally, the narrative device is called a scene cut. So yeah. Rather than, you walk back to the tavern, left to right, left to right, and it's just like, you walk back to the tavern. Yeah. Fast forward to, you're back at the tavern.
1: Now, and that does seem to be a bit of the line between, like, a dungeon crawler and an RPG. Because a lot of time in a dungeon crawler, it's more a compendium of all the choices a player makes throughout the entire game. Sure. Which is a little bit of the reason it, I feel at least that we've gone a little bit more towards a more RPG setting because it's a little bit more narrative and story driven. Yes. I mean, not to say dungeon crawlers aren't fun.
0: It's No, and they can definitely have plenty of narrative all their own. Yeah. It's just a matter of how that narrative is, how that narrative and pacing is provided. So your dungeon crawlers, for example, as far as narrative pacing, will kind of do a lot of scene cuts, jump cuts to, you know, finish the encounter right jump cut to the next one, you know. You progress through the dungeon and now next encounter. Yeah. Um lots of action where you kind of show what's happening in the story. There's not a whole lot of pros and narrative going on a along yeah. to set the scene. You know, you set the scene, there's this amount of enemies here, here, here. This is the
1: room that you're in. Go. It dungeon crawlers really are more of like an action story where you're right. focusing more on the action and combat and then, you know, any choices you had to make in that dungeon and not as much on, you know, the superfluous background story it of, right. of the adventure.
0: Dungeon Colors in terms of like writing narrative are very much the tabletop equivalent of short chapters and scenes. So, you know, short segments that are mm-hmm. easily digested and quickly. Um, they portray they, it's all a complete action. That they pass through and you know, they pass by quickly, as opposed to kinda of getting slowed down by the complex actions and descriptions thereof.
1: Yeah it's It's also one of those things where you know when you're watching a movie, let's say uh Pearl Harbor uh by Michael Bay yes you know you the the action is is great, but when you start talking about the story in the background and the love connection and stuff, it's like they, we don't need this
0: it's superfluous it yeah doesn't, it's, it has nothing to do with the story that's trying that's of the title yeah, like I'm sure. Presumably, there was something along
1: those lines going on, but that's not the main point of it. Yeah, nobody remembers it for the, you know... The love, love triangle. The love triangle. People remember it because of the... They that will live in infamy. Yeah. Which, it's it's one of those things in a campaign you kind of have to get a barometer of. And right. a lot of DMs either have it great or just haven't quite got it there yet. Right. Because
0: like, everyone... Well, not everyone, but... A lot of the appeal to tabletop RG is the action part of it. You know, you got all these combat stats, whether it's magical or mundane or whatever, so you want to get stuck in with the action. You know, sure, role roleplaying's all good, but every now and then you want to hit something with a sword or hit it yeah. with a spell. Now, that's when you want those action scenes to come in. And those contain very few overall distractions and not a whole lot of descriptions. You kind mm-hmm. of go, here's encounter, handle it.
1: Yeah. That's fine. But it's also one of those things You need to balance it with dialogue. Exactly. Dialogue encounters. Because if it's just battling, you could be playing a tabletop battle game. Right. Like miniature wargaming or something like that. or whatever. But part of the reason you're playing an RPG is also for that dialogue, and a lot of people tend to forget that.
0: Yes. And now, I feel like people kind of shy away from the dialogue thing because there's a lot of kind of superfluous wording attached to it. You know, DM describes this, that, and the other, and then words happen. To streamline that as far as managing the pacing, rapid-fire dialogue. So rather than have the DM describing what the NPC the players are acting, just kidding. Again, goes back to getting the character. DMs, yep. you can do it too. Just get into character and show them what's going on. Rapid-fire dialogue to keep them engaged so like they're having a conversation, they're invested in the story, they're having a conversation as their character with an NPC that keeps the pacing going.
1: Yeah the i am as a dm too i'm I'm one of those dms i use you know descriptors and you know just painting the picture to really set the tone Mm -hmm. and from there it's more player driven right you know if a player asks what something looks like i try to give it a brief but meaningful description Mm -hmm. as as you're going through the story you know you shouldn't be like, if, if they walk into a room, you know, you can ex- describe a little bit what the room looks like. But don't sit there and give them page after page of the cobblestones are, you know, uh, dark gray, slightly off-white color. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know... Word you know, but, choice is yeah. important. Because both
0: in written narrative as well as, as, well as tabletop, word choice and sentence structure just as a whole, both what words you use and how you use them, is so key in maintaining the pace. Yeah. And it's also the subtlest means of pacing that I feel like is kind of overlooked and can very much get bogged, get, get things bogged down and clunky. So think concrete words. Mm-hmm. Things, you know, clear, defined, makes sense, paints a picture quickly and easily. Don't worry too much about the vagaries. Let the scene kind of set itself. If that makes sense, like, use concrete, clear words. To paint an overall broader picture and set the tone and atmosphere. Don't break out the thesaurus. Yeah. And you can flex the thesaurus muscle every now and then, but you do it all the time, and
1: you're going to need to hand one out to your players. You, you flex the thesaurus muscle when you really want to drive home the point. hmm And, you know, you don't need to drive home the point every time you go into a new area. Right. But when when something should be meaningful to the party that's when you do want to use it and there's there's a lot of ways to kind of make a narrative or part of the D&D campaign less clunky, less slow. It's and part of that is that you just eliminate superfluous time. So one one big thing I notice a lot of GMs do is they have a lot of empty time. They mm. they they understand, you know, I don't it's one of those opinions like, I don't want to railroad my players at all, so they give you a lot of time, and it kind of makes it feel a little bit more like a sandbox, which has its pros and cons, but if you eliminate a little bit of free time, it does speed up the narrative quite a bit. Right. Limit the free time and just kind of summarize things. Yeah. So, if, if you want your players to have a little bit of time off to go and get supplies and stuff, if... if I've always, as a GM, I've always been one of those people, you know, if players are in a city and they have any sum of money that is above zero, they're going to want to spend it. They're going to want to spend it. So if you give them a little bit of time, they'll go to the store and buy things because when in doubt, people go on shopping sprees in right.
0: D&D. They live vicariously through their character's coin because they might not always have the means to because they have in real life because they have to actually be responsible for your life coin. <sighs> you hurt my soul. Uh, How often do you buy magical MacGuffins, Jacob? Not often enough, unfortunately. We don't live in that kind of world.
1: Uh, so, if, if you give your players too much free time, you'll notice that pretty much after every scenario, they'll go and spend money. Yes. And they'll, you know, go to the store, they'll ask for the same things, they'll try to look for that little bit better perk, you know, whatever they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have to have players spend all their money as they get it. They can save up a little bit of money. Right. And it's one of those things you can kind of manage. So if you eliminate a little bit of free time here and there, you'll notice that your narrative goes by quite a bit quicker.
0: Yes, a series of incidents in rapid succession. Not too rapid to be uh, fatiguing. So sprinkle in some cliffhangers here and there. So, you know, well, then what happened? also throw in the narrative device of prolonged outcomes so suspense so it's not necessarily that things are crawling along there's not a whole there's sl- slowness it's just kind of building suspense with forward movement but you kind of prolong the outcome so like you know that things are headed in this direction and yes if those players can have that free time but if it may seem like this would slow the story down, but this actually kind of increases the speed because they'll want to know what happens next if you build a suspense properly. You know, whether the NPC get rescued from the mountainside or um, if they get the cure for the plague in time before the village is completely decimated. doctor mm-hmm. <clears throat> Or whatever. Yeah. Prolong the outcome so you know. Yeah, they can have that free time, but just that little extra air of suspense where, like, They've got that free time and that downtime while they wait
1: to see if their actions have paid off. Now, this is something I do quite a bit in the guardsman narrative because the players know they're going to die probably at some point throughout the campaign. They're just waiting for the hammer to drop. They're just waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So, it's we'll, we'll go into this a little bit later. I kind of want to set a little bit more on the table before I explain exactly what I do with my pacing. Mm-hmm. But another thing you can kind of do to, you know, make the narrative go by a little bit faster is you can shorten engagement times a little bit. Right. Sometime, you know, if you're meeting in person, that could just be, you know, rolling to hit and rolling damage at the same time. Right. Or, you know, you could just give a little bit less description on how everyone brutally murders whatever enemy they're fighting. Right. You know, you... You shoot it in the head, it dies. Trim the sentences of unnecessary
0: words. So try to avoid prepositional phrases where you don't necessarily need them. Yeah. So, for example, like describing things. Like, instead of saying the walls of the cathedral, just say the cathedral's walls. Yeah. It is literally a couple of words difference, but it makes a huge difference in terms of the flow of the pacing.
1: Yeah. Now, if you want to send, like, ominous tone about it, you can say, you know, the cathedral looks decrepit and old and, you know... Shorten your narrative a little bit. Yes. You don't need to go into every detail of why this building looks creepy. A lot of players will just kind of paint the picture themselves once you say, you know, this is a creepy old church.
0: Word choice is actually important because words with unpleasant associations can ratchet up the speed of a pacing as a whole. So words like hiss or grunt or slither, or smarmy, wince, energetic, active language will really build not only. Well, action scenes and suspense, but also set its up drama and conflict and just kind of in keeps the pace engaging because there's that subconscious association that we all have with unpleasant words, with certain unpleasant words is just people keeps the were, pacing going.
1: Yeah. People remember bad or unpleasant things a lot more than they remember good or and they, nice things. They don't get relaxed. They don't get... Yeah.
0: Because when you get relaxed, yes, you can be relaxed whatever, but things kind of slow down when you're relaxed because you're relaxed.
1: I don't know. My days off always seem to go by really quick. You get my point, though.
0: <laughs> you get my point, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I'm just giving you a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that can kind of speed up narrative as well is just skipping situations or actions that are superfluous to the story. Right. That's If, if there's one word that we're going to use over and over again, it's superfluous. Yeah. There's, it's it's a superfluous word. Well done. <laughs> Gotta give me that one. Yep. So, what one really good way about this is, you know, identify an intention, mm. choose obstacles as a GM, or if any at all, and then skip to the next meaningful choice. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to go through every aspect of this player looting a corpse of an enemy they killed. You could just be like, okay, this is what you get.
0: Right. Or if it's you know,
1: if 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 it's booby trapped, that would be an obstacle. Mm-hmm. But if it isn't, okay, go to the next character that's doing something that needs to be handled, sort of. Right, thing.
0: whoever's turn it is next. It's Quick summaries, because summaries work well when time passes, but there's not much going on. So when an action is repeated or a significant amount of time has passed.
1: It's, it's one of those things you kind of are sitting there as a GM deciding whether or not you're going to micro-macro-manage something. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, players can micromanage themselves. Right, which can be the downfall of a GM story. Yeah, because if you're trying to sit there and go through every little detail of what a player is doing... You're take, I mean, you're taking time that you could be using to tell the story, to advance something plot-wise, or just, you know... Otherwise, keep the pace moving. Exactly. Yeah. Pacing. Now, at the same time, if you feel like you're going too fast, there are certain ways to kind of slow that down. Yes, One would be, you know, delving deeper into a player's choices and problem solving. So if you're trying to, you know, make things go a little bit slower because your players are going through the plot like fire, Mm -hmm. you know, you could just say like, okay, here's a problem you have to solve and kind of give them a little bit time to think about it. Role play amongst each other and kind of come to a decision of how they want to solve, a, you know, whether it's a booby trap problem or some philosophical problem or moral dilemma, you know.
0: Right, because you can slow it down without breaking or otherwise hiccuping the pace. Um, so you slow it down by continuing more detail than you have up until that point, slowly, more slowly establishing scenes that, you know... In a bit more detail and they'll feel a little slower than other parts of the story but that's okay because yes they'll bring the pace down a little bit but also it builds suspense and allows the players to kind of catch their breath
1: between the more visceral yeah. action scenes see for me i've really kind of noticed this where the newest gms seem to have a little bit too fast of pacing right the like mid-tier GMs who have like they've they've role played maybe one or two games more than the brand new GMs mm-hmm. they they kind of go, you know, a complete 180 and go a little bit too slow. Right. It's finding that balance between the two. So if you're a brand new GM and you know you're really gung ho about wanting to tell your story, get the plot through, you might be going through things a little bit too fast. Right. Whereas some people were, you know, they've GM'd a couple games and they decide, okay, you know, my players like it when I go slow, so I'm gonna go, you know. You're gonna pump the brace real hard. (laughs) We're gonna go in first gear the entire way there.
0: Right. You gotta strike the balance. So a good way to doing that is kind of juxtaposing Mm -hmm. um, things parts that feature mostly dialogue that yes impart information about the story you're trying to tell, you know, the magical MacGuffin or the characters, whatever with the faster paced action sequences and blending the two together in a way that they've flown without feeling jolty. Yeah. And there is ways that, that it's all up to personal preference on how you do it and personal taste and also down to kind of the story you're trying to tell.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, that is really important to think of because, you know, a high fantasy romp is... Going to go a little bit quicker than you know, a dark and gritty Mm -hmm. low fantasy romp, right? So, another good way you can use to slow down a narrative, um, you can give players more free time. So, sometimes if you're trying to really get that plot going and railroading a little bit, players don't have enough free time and things will go by pretty quick because, as a GM, you're like, okay, they need to do this, this, and this, right? Well. They did this, this, and this, and we're 45 minutes into the campaign, and we have two hours to go. Give them a little bit of free time between things if mm-hmm. you feel the plot is progressing a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Another good thing is, you know, add more NPC dialogue. Right. If you're going a bit too quickly throughout the story, you probably aren't giving your NPCs a little bit of the spotlight they need.
0: Mm-hmm. Rapid-fire dialogue with kind of less or even irrelevant Mm -hmm. information is still captivating for players because it's engaging. Yeah. And invigorates scenes that are otherwise expository, Mm -hmm. you know, progressing the narrative, but it just makes them feel a bit more natural without just boom, 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 plot,
1: plot, 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 plot. Have your NPCs engage as characters with the characters. Look look at, like, a Quentin Tarantino movie Mm. where... They, they'll have a scene where the characters are talking about something that in no way connects to the story. But mm-hmm. the, the way the dialogue is spoken and talked amongst them, mm-hmm. it really does feel like a living, breathing work. Yep. And that's, that's why, you know, when you watch, you know, Pulp Fiction or something like that, when the, when the characters on scene are, are having a dialogue about, you know, a burger...
0: I was actually going to use the example of *Inglorious Bastards*. the very beginning scene where it's just a conversation about the farmer's glass, you know, fresh milk. Yeah. And it's just something about it's just captivating. It's it's a Nazi soldier talking to a local French farmer, complimenting his milk and his farm like that. Yeah. And just exchanging pleasantries, but it still sets the overall. And it's just like, I'm strangely
1: captivated by this. They're, they're talking when this about an otherwise completely mundane conversation they're, they're talking about milk but it, it's it gives you so much you know drama and suspense and the, the way they're talking mm-hmm. it's now part of that also does
0: have to kind of do with what's also going on on camera yeah in addition to the dialogue and that's where it's a little bit more difficult with tabletop role-playing, but not necessarily impossible yeah. I mean it as a GM you just have to describe you know meanwhile while this is going on he, unbeknownst to the to your characters yeah something a s- bit more sinister or otherwise tense is happening quote unquote behind the scenes from what the characters themselves
1: can see and as a GM you know get into accents and you know kind of the the pacing of how the sentence is said too you know if active if, voice exactly when you're you know, if you're talking in character, you can kind of you know elongate words and you know break up the sentence a little bit to make it sound a little bit more natural or suspenseful. Mm-hmm. You know, if the players, if if the GM's character at the time is you know talking like a little bit slower with their actions and they're you're trying to set suspense. So players, you know, in the tavern, tavern keeper is you know, a little bit, you know, kind of shady. So mm-hmm. he's sitting there and he's like, he's been, well. cleaning the, he's
0: been cleaning the
1: same mug. Yeah. While watching the conversation intently. And he's like, well, if you guys need a job, I know a couple people that could help.
0: Right. And again, when it comes to pacing as far as your NPCs go, have a conversation, don't read a script.
1: Yeah. I mean, that really is... What it boils down to is a lot of people, you know... When it comes to dialogue, yes,
0: it's all well and good to rehearse what you want to say as your character before, until you get the chance to. But also rehearse
1: how you want to say it. It, it really is kind of one of those things, too, where as, as a GM, you can kind of feel like a game dev where you're like, okay, I'm going to write all these dialogue options for an NPC... Mm-hmm. where it, it should feel more like a cutscene.
0: Right. It should feel more like a cutscene rather than waiting for the players
1: to be, tell me more about local adventure requests. Exactly. Because one feels more natural when, you're player, when the player character's in a cutscene that he can interact with, as opposed to, tell me more about local thing
0: going awry. Tell me more about local government. Tell me more about local happenings. I'm done with this conversation now. That, 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 that that's not how conversations work no and that's not going to get your players invested in, at all and will really break up the pacing <laughs> you're sitting there just like don't you, you, know, you know, I'm here to answer any questions you may have like, or
1: you could just talk to them buy sell cancel mm-hmm. those are your three options mm-hmm. uh, buy <laughs> here is store item list you just hold up the inventory like no that's not how pacing works <laughs> Oh, uh, that's that's also not how conversation works. No. But.
0: No, no, it is not. Like, if you really want an example of how it doesn't work, go to a, your local Walmart or Best Buy or whatever is your local retail store. And when the employee comes up, you know, the only thing I can help you find today, turn in and go, buy. <laughs> um, yes, you can buy things. Buy. Show items. And just like, um... What are you looking for? Like, you will see quickly that's not how conversations work.
1: Here are 12,000 oak barrels that I would like to sell. <laughs> uh, sir, this is Walmart. We don't buy, th- I would like to sell these. Right. Kajit has wear if you have coin. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, once, once you add a little bit more MPC dialogue, that can kind of really smoothen out how fast things are going as well. Yes. From there, you know, you can, if, if you really are going too fast, you might not be adding enough description into the narrative of the campaign. Right. So, if you're going a little bit too fast, odds are you aren't giving the players any cool, neat descriptions about the scenery or people or whatever situation they're in. Right. Which is something you sh- don't want to kind of you know give up on because one of the things that can really set the tone and the amount of fun somebody's having in the campaign is how invested into the world they are
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so give them give them some you know descriptions just don't give them too many right because it's
0: important to remember that pacing is not only the speed at which the story will move but it's also a technique and it also will determine the appeal of the story that you're trying to tell to your players if Yes, a slower-paced work will appeal to some you pr- predominantly older players, you know, kind of like things that have a bit more flavor to them, I guess, for lack of a better word. You know, yeah. they got a bit more refined narrative palette, whereas fast-paced stuff will appeal to younger audiences, and neither way is wrong. Yeah.
1: It's ultimately know your players. Know your audience. Yep. Now... I'm not a huge fan of this one but you can also add some more combat encounters because your players do want to hit things with sticks. Right. They have all these stats that they want to use and if you don't give them enough combat encounters things can feel like a lot slower. They can also you know things can also go by too quickly because you know if you've been doing the political campaign for quite a while now they're just going to keep going through it quicker and quicker trying to you know get to the action part
0: right when we get a punch stuff exactly
1: now one of the great little barometers for this one is if your players are starting to become more and more murder hobos you're probably not giving them enough combat encounters
0: right if they're just jumping at any chance to kill the shit out of something you're not giving them the appropriate chances to slake their bloodlust yeah That actually reminds me of a story one of my friends has when he was playing uh, Dark Heresy. Mm -hmm. And they went through, like, a good, like, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of tense dialogue encounter. You know, rolling and also role-playing. It was really tense. They were undercover infiltrating the local cult, trying to get information for their Inquisitor. Mm -hmm. They get through it without firing a shot, without going loud, drawing steel, nothing. They get, you know, decide get everything they need to know and leave. And the GM is like, all right, guys, before we go on, I just want to take a minute, like, I was totally expecting you guys to get frustrated or whatever and just go gun blazing like 10 minutes into this encounter. Now I was fully prepared for that to happen. But you didn't. And, you know, I'm really proud of you guys. You know, this is definitely growth for of you as players. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, pat you guys on the back. And that was really great. Now, they're still in undercover garb. Mm-hmm. So one of the local citizens calls them filthy heretics. Well, that was a very stressful hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. So one of them just like, ah! pulls his bolt pistol and just guns a random citizen down in the street because they weren't yes the GM was planning you know was expecting them to go guns loud but didn't necessarily give them the opportunity (laughs) that was the end of that party because they'd also had a lot of fuck ups before that and that was kind of the you know because they're just like you guys are way too much of a liability for
1: me to keep bailing you out you're on your own bye yeah so give your party appropriate combat encounters you just got on the Inquisition blacklist.
0: Right. When it comes to, like, balancing dialogue versus combat encounters, it's okay to go have your dialogue, but just remember that you've got com- they've got combat stats and they will use them at any opportunity, even if it's not one you want them to use it on. Yeah. Give them appropriate murdering targets. Give them things to murder that no one will miss, though people might even actually encourage them to murder. Like bad guys.
1: <laughs> oh, poor city guards. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They have to deal with a whole lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to deal with the player bullshit. Right. <laughs> City guard just wants to do his job, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's bad uh, enough uh, that it's cutting all off fighting dragons. <sighs> I used to be adventure like you. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the last things as well that can kind of slow down pacing a little bit is setting the stage. Right. So... If you're kind of, you know, wanting to set that narrative tone of, you know, big things are coming, set the stage a little bit. You know, right. ex, you know explain what's kind of going on the wor- in the world as the players are going through it. You know, mm-hmm. if they're in a tavern and there's, you know, the tavern keep who just kind of wants to talk a little bit, you can set the stage of... You know, what things are coming, what things are going on. You know, I've heard rumors of, you know, big evils coming up. and
0: But it's also important in doing this with the proper word choice. So, again, think concrete words, for example, Prodigy or Iceberg, and use active voice um, with, you know, more potent verbs like zigzag, plunder, and sensory information that is also artfully embedded. Like, word choice is important if you're going to go with a long setting of the scene maybe break it up a little bit you know like set the scene a little bit have the party progress a little bit in further into the scene set the scene some more progress further into the scene before you know yeah let them interact with the scene and have it play out before them as you set each piece up
1: think of like game of thrones with the winters coming yes you know that it's constantly mentioned it, it is setting the stage, but it's kind of giving you this idea that, yeah, winter is coming.
0: Right. Build the suspense and, by extension, also kind of forward movement of the narrative. And it may, again, may seem like it would slow down the story, but it actually kind of increases the speed because they want to know what happens when winter comes.
1: Yeah. Now, how... How you kind of mix any of these things together really ends up being the GM's personal style.
0: Right. These are all ingredients. However you mix them... is up to you. Yeah. It's... Just remember, ingredients are still ingredients, whether or not they're in the kitchen or
1: not, and there are right and wrong ways to use ingredients, and you can't use too much of one. It's... It's... I'm going to put it in cooking terms, because I love cooking, and people love eating. Yes. It's like curry. There's some 200 ingredients that like you can use in curry there's a lot of different mixtures that you can make all which kind of create your own personal flavor of curry right some are more you know palatable to others and the ones that others like might not work with certain parties as a gm it's kind of up to your discretion to kind of mix these things together to Create a pacing and narrative that your players can more easily follow and stay interested in.
0: Right. Now, this will be certainly easier for kind of ongoing, long-running groups that are familiar with each other and what kind of story each other they, they all like. But that shouldn't necessarily mean that you kind of fall into a groove or habit. Yeah. Try something new, even if it's not necessarily intended change it up a little bit, like take something that they're familiar with and just add a diff- slightly different spin to it. I'm going to use cooking for an example, From my own personal life. I did not know that I enjoyed spicy spaghetti. And then my girlfriend made me very spicy spaghetti because a little bit extra red pepper, crushed red pepper, and suddenly that's the only spaghetti I like now. I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, that was, I did not know that was a thing that my life needed, and apparently it was. Uh, it is pretty damn It's a familiar... is a thing that I'm very familiar with. Yeah. With a just slightly different spin on it. So, in yeah. games, take things that your parties are familiar with and that they like, and just put a slightly different spin on it that is still same core concept, mm-hmm.
1: but just something a little bit new. To yeah. keep things fresh. Now, as well, depending on your relationship with your party and how likely your party is going to follow through on a story, I also sometimes we'll set the pacing and narrative to something that the party hasn't experienced before the most recent example is the party of all guardsmen because you're not accustomed
0: to character death
1: yeah they're not accustomed to character death and the pacing is something that unique that i wanted to try in regards to a 40k setting mm-hmm. which the way i'm going through the pacing might make it kind of seem a bit slow to the players, but that's kind of the reasoning for it. You know, uh, I kind of took a note out of the TV show Generation Kill, Mm. where you have combat, which goes by really quickly, and then all the spare filler time is just really, really slow. Mm. And the point of that is... That's kind of how combat, from all the stories and all the people I've talked to, is how it is in real life. You know, when things happen, they happen incredibly quick. You know, yeah. shit hits the fan. It splatters it, very quickly. And it's everywhere. chaos. Nobody knows what's going on. And then it's over. And then it's over. And then it's waiting between those combat encounters that really is like, you know, a knife on your nerves. Mm. It just kind of scrapes along, nails on the chalkboard sort of thing. Mm. But it builds the suspense of the situation right which is what i'm going for i'm i'm going a little bit off a more orthodox you know pacing setting for the storytelling itself right the players right now they're stuck in a sewer things are going by slow they're they have to walk really slowly they have to progress throughout the level Things are going by slowly,
0: but that doesn't mean nothing's happening. Because so far, one and a half people have died, and I didn't even have to throw
1: enemies at them. They
0: literally do it to themselves, Jacob. We said it so many times over the course of that podcast, but it it bears repeating. No enemies made an appearance in that session at all. There were no hostiles in sight, (laughs) and they still managed to have a man die. Yeah, and almost, almost did it
1: twice. Yeah, within a couple minutes. Again, they do it to themselves. But at the same time, my players they, they love that situation because it it's it's suspenseful. They it's suspenseful, but it's also silly.
0: Yeah. Without breaking the suspenseful
1: immersion. Exactly. They and throughout that campaign, they know things are coming. Yes. They earlier in the session they before, you know, one of them died. They heard screams off in the distance, inhuman screams. Right. That's, that's going through their mind is they're like, fuck, we made a wrong turn. Now we have to, like, go in this giant loop and, goddamn it, we're stuck. And, you know, I have to try to get through this area. And in the back of their mind, they still know something's coming. It's mm-hmm. just that wait mm-hmm. for that thing to come that's really kind of driving home that suspense. Again, it's a slow but fast pace. Yeah. It's a slow, suspenseful pace
0: that keeps progressing things along without it, without the dreaded sewer level
1: being bogged down. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, you know, uh, if you light a trail of gasoline, it burns really quickly. But if you light a fuse, it's still burning pretty quickly. But it's that slow burn to the ignition that mm-hmm. really gets the players going. Yep. Now pacing can also really kind of take away from the story. Um currently the pacing in my d- other D&D campaign the with doctor. the doctor it's it can be a little bit annoying cuz we're like okay when is when is the thing happening? When like what's right. going on? When over
0: the course of what? 3 sessions the most exciting thing was you spirit bombed a single spider and did 9 damage. Yeah. Like that I understand what he's like the overall intent of that general storyline slash campaign. But, like, maybe second gear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can get to, like, 25 and first, but, like, a healthy 35 and second wouldn't be awful.
1: You know, when you're going 25 and first, things really don't sound great. Mm-mm. You can get there. They can be but... amusing and entertaining, yeah. <laughs> but just like... Ugh, this is real bad for the engine. Oh god, my, <laughs> my transmission. <poor> transmission. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, bump up the gear every once in a while, GMs. Cause yes. your your players if if your players are trying to, you know, find things to do because there isn't enough going on, mm-hmm. you probably need to go into second or third gear.
0: Right. Now going the other opposite direction with the newer games who want to go fast paced and then we realize oh i need to you know dial it down a bit again it goes fourth third second first not fourth second first otherwise your engine will make a sound that can only really be described as
1: biblical <laughs> the y- you will make a face <laughs> that <laughs> any other car you know you know manual driver will know because it just looks like pure <laughs> And that is, if your car is still making a sound,
0: if it makes a sound, if it keeps making sounds after that,
1: because otherwise, congrats, you've just bricked your car. Not to mention you're going to jerk forward and (laughs) just scare the shit out of all the other drivers. We're getting a little off the rails. Yeah. Have we said everything we need to say about pacing? I think so. We've given
0: people the tools and general pointers on how to manage pacing properly. So, do with this what you will.
1: Wow, we were well, helpful again, Jacob. I know. We we kept our pacing well. Sort of, but whatever. Good. We're, we're coming
0: off of We Just Solved 40K's Problems podcast. Yeah. We're still refocusing into right and in serious mode, not we're going to fix the warp with more warp by adding the warp to the
1: warp. You can't have warp if you have too much warp, if, you're, if there's warp in your warp. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway... Thank you all so
0: very much for listening, and if you've got any input on personal experiences with managing pacing properly, head on over to our Facebook page, shieldwallproductions at
1: facebook.com, or... Or hit us up on Twitter, the official SWP, whether or not you want to give us things you like to throw in there to slow down pacing, or things you do to speed up pacing a little bit. Head on over there and hit me up or just want to shoot the shit and talk. I'm more than happy to do that as well.
0: Indeed. And until next time, dear listeners, we shall catch you next time.
1: Doodles!